Yeah, let's talk about Sandman, shall we? It's Candyman. <laughs> we can talk about Sandman if you want. I mean, Sand Sandman. I was yeah. like, what am I talking about, Sandman? Sandman. Don't. It's close. The Neil Gaiman thing, or the yes, the the, the Sleepy Man, Mister Sandman. Yes, all Bring of the above. Dream. And all, all the, the horrible spot. cover. Yeah, they um, on that Marvel game. Yep, yeah, they entered the Sandman, or we can talk about just the Flint Marco, who turns out was the man who killed Uncle Ben. Yep, but it's okay because he's got a daughter. Yep, it um, was an accident because the other guy bumped into him, so he uh, is at fault, but he's not at fault. What I like is that the NYPD felt that they needed to get Aunt May and Peter and get them down into the police station <laughs> to tell them how much they fucked up. Yeah. And they had like the captain or the fucking commissioner or whatever he's, he was called, James Cromwell, to tell them it. Yeah, that's why. Um, that's why Harry. Uh, that's why Peter lets George Stacy die. Yeah. In Amazing Spider-Man, because he remembers. Because it's all connected. Actually, it's all connected. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. There's one half of the Omcast. I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello there. In this episode, we're talking about the Candyman franchise, covering the original 90s trilogy and the new reboot that's just been released in cinemas. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's now four. There's now four in total that <laughs> um, are part of the same, you know, they're meant to be sequels to one another. And like, yeah, that's what's interesting about the... Um, the new one is that it is kind of a reboot, but it's also a sequel. Um, so it we'll get into that later when we talk about the uh, the new one. Yeah. But before we do, let's talk about the main point of this, which is going back to the original Candyman. So the original Candyman came out in 1992. I'd never seen it until a couple of weeks ago when we decided we were going to do this. Um, yeah. And it was interesting. But you've got more of a story behind it, haven't you? You've got you... <laughs> Yeah, a bit. So, um, uh, some of you, some of our readers might be aware, um, I'm the youngest of three brothers by a few years. So that meant that my brothers always had like, you know, films for older kids, especially as they were getting into like their, their early and mid teens, they were watching grown-up films and scary films and so you know we managed to get a copy of Candyman around 1994 yeah and it's one of the originators of my uh sort of love for horror films really so yeah. um yeah it was something that I used to used to come home from school <laughs> so I used to come home from school and I used to put it on and I used to sit right in front of the tv uh so I could press the stop button on the vcr in case my brothers got in so i could i could stop it and eject it and then quickly switch it out with someone else and pretend that i was putting another thing in yeah. so it was just coincidental that every time they got home i was always coincidentally just putting in another another video <laughs> uh so yeah and that was your it first is... watching of of Candyman. was that slightly interrupted yeah truncated, like <laughs> feel watching even, it in i like the idea that it's filled with even more tension for you because of that <laughs> it's like giant <laughs> yeah. it's tense and scary as it is but for you it's like oh fuck any minute now they could it's walk a, in it's yeah. another level of like 
high tension yeah not really knowing you know yeah, constant exactly. constantly on edge about the whole thing but uh but yeah so i've always kind of had sort of a bit of a passion for especially the first one because yeah. it was this really like um i don't know like really interesting very different to anything that i'd ever seen before obviously but it was just like uh yeah it kind of blew my mind a bit because it was all this just ridiculousness and like you know like time traveling ghosts sort of thing but it was yeah. amazing yeah and uh yeah it kind of set a cornerstone because it was like a similar time that um you know i'd stay up late and watch like bbc2 for any of our internet any of our international listeners you know what bbc is but like bbc one and bbc2 they used to put on these classic films at like 10 o'clock at night on a friday and a saturday and that's where most of my like film knowledge came from so I used to watch it was like the warriors and um like scarface and all those sort of films that were on at this time uh and candy man was never among them but uh and bbc is always good for because i've done that i remember that and my <laughs> same here like i would always you discover things on uh, late at night on bbc what's good <laughs> yeah. about what's good about the bbc when watching movies in particular is that there are no adverts so yeah. you do get like watching movies on TV are always a bit difficult to get through because they're just constantly interrupted by adverts, and it means that you know a, a two-hour movie will be like a fucking four-hour affair with like they have to stop for, stop for the, the news on through. yeah yeah and all that shit. <laughs> Whereas if you watch it if, if you like eleven eleven oh five on the BBC, it's like the original Rambo or the or something like that will be on. Do you know what I mean? That those kind of movies yeah. or you know. Um, deer hunter apocalypse now that kind of stuff God, yeah where they just put them on and they're like these classic these sort of older classic movies and they'll just put them on in their entirety with no interruptions and you can just watch it um so yeah i totally get it i know what you mean um but this one yeah so for me as again we probably have established on this before in the various different episodes i'm not massively a horror fan it's kind of my yeah. the weakest link in my filmography my background i don't know for whatever reason i've just never really gone with it as a genre um there are exceptions to that and there are you know there are certain ones that i really really like um but just generally it's just sort of, i sort of think of it as a sort of a schlocky like yeah it they just I, I roll my eyes at horror films i sort of laugh at them because maybe it's because yeah. i was just never into them as when i was younger uh maybe that's it um but there are exceptions to that and i feel like having gone back and revisited candy man once you get over the fact that you know the datedness of it in the fact that it's, it's 1992 and it's got all that, all the, you know, everything you would expect. It looks like a movie from 1992. Yeah. But once you get past all that and start delving into it, I think I really like it. The first one, I think it's brilliant. It's really good, isn't it? It's really, really good because it's just, it's such a cool concept as an idea. It's similar to things like the original Friday the 13th and things like that, where yeah. like it's the, the concept is strong enough that, that, you know, even though it's then it gets diluted in sequels and that's it. 100% has happened with Candyman and we'll talk about that later. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but the original concept is strong enough that they like that yeah. first film is so good. Um so the idea of Candyman for those who don't know is that that it's all about urban myths. And so the first film is basically about this graduate student named Helen who's a white graduate student at the University of Chicago or Illinois um who's doing a research paper on urban legends. And how they're formed, how they how they come about, how they get passed on from person to person, and there's a particular one around Candyman, who is the idea is he's some sort of you know metaphysical um, supernatural killer 
who will appear to you if you say his name five times in the mirror. Yeah. And he'll kill you. Um, but and it's particularly grown up around this. There's a particular neighborhood or the you know, the housing projects in uh, Chicago where there's this particular thing going around and there, there are particular murders that get attributed to him. And he's like, he's the local boogeyman type thing. Yeah. And, and the it's sort of point of the movie is her investigating that really. Yeah. And there's sort of the subsequent effect that it has on her life, yes. because yeah. there are other films that do pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But I don't think there are films that. That's the thing. I succeed. don't think I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen like I like a good sort of investigative movie where it's about you know, you know tracking down a serial killer or something. So things like Zodiac yeah. springs to mind. Um, yeah, you know, things like that. Whereas, but I don't think I've ever seen a horror film tackled in that way. Um, I think it was really cool the idea of it being you know she starts off very skeptical and it's like I'm just looking at it purely from an academic point of view, and then gets yeah. more and more sucked into the myth of it and starts believing in it herself. And then what, what I really like about the first one is that it just keeps you guessing the whole way through, even to the very end, you're still trying to figure out, is there something supernatural going on or is this woman just losing her mind? Yeah. Like, and it just like every act of violence happens in a closed room environment where you've got no, you know, there's no one else that could possibly verify whether anything weird happened or not. Apart from her, yeah. you just got to take her own word for it. And can, can you believe your own eyes and ears? Um, and even the, just everything about it, like the the concept lends itself to that so well because you summon him by looking at your own reflection in the mirror. Yeah. And it's like, so what are you summoning? Are you just summoning a darker part of yourself? Or do you know what I mean? It's like, is there so many... Yeah. Or is it you're the, manifesting... Are you manifesting Candyman within yourself? Yeah, or, exactly. Or, yeah, or because, is he something, you know, supernatural when he like comes in and kills people and... Yeah, and then there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so much subtext in it. Obviously, there's lots of subtext in, in the first movie and throughout the whole series, really, of the, the racial um, element of it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, essentially, we, what we're talking about is a white woman who investigates a black neighborhood and it's a black folk story about a, yeah. a black killer. And then when you find out what the, the origin of it all is, like who this the original Candyman is, um, you find out it's even more tied to that kind of, you know, the, the race yeah. relations becomes a massive part of it. He was a free, you know a freed slave who then got um, murdered and lynched by a, by a mob basically because he was black as a result of his being black. Um, yeah, that just right. Well, that changes everything. And then within the context of this first movie, it's like she's going into this black neighborhood. She feels uncomfortable. There's the whole sequence with her and her friend going in, and everyone thinks they're cops. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, they're threatened by it. And there's this whole idea of this sort of, they even get into that whole gentrification thing. Even back in 92, they were talking about it, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, because they have that whole conversation where she's like, oh, yeah, no, this this studio apartment that I bought used to be a housing project. And you can tell <laughs> because if you take the mirror off, there's a big hole behind the mirror. Yeah. And then they, they sort of take the piss and say, oh, how much did you pay for this condo? And it was actually just a housing project. And like, oh, yeah. yeah. And rolling their eyes out is like, fuck, it was even then it was an issue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because yeah. you just sort of, you, and that's the thing with Candyman is that especially the first one, it's so caught up. It's so easy to get caught into the, um, like the, um, 
the supernatural like, stuff. The, the, the yeah, silly, the supernatural yeah. stuff, the sort of the campiness of it, and yeah. like the the schlocky side of things, as you say, is so easy to get caught up in that. But then at the same time, you're like, this it's got a lot to it. Yeah, it's got well, an awful lot I mean, to it. That's that's what I feel like there could be entire. You know, there are probably books sort of essays written about it. Do you know what I mean? Because there's like yeah, there's the racial element to it. There's the whole because what's interesting about the racial element, I feel, is like it's also tied in maybe with this sort of there's a sexuality in it whereby he's like a, almost like a sexual predator, the way the, the Candyman himself, played by uh, Tony Todd, yeah. sort of approaches and sort of terrorises Helen. Women. Or, well, women in particular. Or, well, like, but, well, yeah, like Helen particularly. Particular, because the others, we'll, we'll get into it, but they're related to him. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but Helen in particular is like, you know, let me just one kiss, one exquisite kiss and all this sort of stuff. And it's like this... It's the like the the white people's fear of black men coming and taking our women. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And that, which is what started this whole thing in the first place, because the idea was he was a black um, artist who painted the daughter of a wealthy, uh, what was it, a factory owner? And uh, fell, yeah, and they fell in love and they had a baby, and then because of that, he was persecuted and like literally and killed and tortured by a white mob. Of people yeah. who couldn't deal with the idea of this this black man coming and taking you know def, you know defiling our our, my, in, our women. Is it in? A, it's not. I don't think it's in the first one, but it's in one of them where they. Show the implication is that she lies. Oh um, no! It's in two where they show they show it because in two they show it and it's during the day. Yeah. And it, and in three they show it, but it's at night, and he's yeah. like crucified as well. He's. Yeah, they change There's it. Something. Uh, I don't like know they, what. Yeah. You mean the the woman herself lies? Yeah, they said they basically they say. Um, I think it might be. Maybe it's spoilers. I think it's in the, the maybe it might even be the the newest one. Mm. Is that they um, make the implication that she had this relationship, but then she said. That was consensual, but then because her dad was so against it, she said that it she, wasn't. Yeah, pretended it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know if that's like slightly rewriting history. I mean, in the in the this most recent fourth one, they don't really get into the Daniel Robitaille stuff that much. No, um, they they hint at it lightly a bit. Yeah, they? they're there's... more concerned with the this new sort of Candyman that they invent. This idea of this this guy who was in the neighborhood in the seventies, and yeah. he was called the Candyman because he used to give kids sweets. That's the new yeah. Candyman sort of thing, uh, but that's not negating the existence of the Robotide original. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really interesting. Is there so, there are so many different angles to it, and that's what makes it a really good film. That first one, um, yeah. sort of it keeps you on your toes, it keeps you guessing, and it sticks with you. Um, yeah, in a way that I don't think any of the other entries quite did necessarily. No. <laughs> so, um, no, and I think it's it is really fair. And out of all of the ones that I would really imply people to reach out and yeah, watch, watch the first one. I think well, yeah, watch the first one because and it's um it's on Netflix at the moment actually. They've put so it's just the original one is on Netflix. Yeah, um, so it's really easily to get out of, and it's it's really well acted as well. And just the effects and things like the way they do like when the Candyman appears, it's Tony Todd doing this amazingly like. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like this amazing, it's really sinister, yeah. but also like um, over overbearing performance. But then there's there's like the visual effects that yeah. because it was 1992, the visual effects aren't really a thing. So 
they don't really do too much in the first one. In two, they do a pretty bad job of it in a couple of places. Um, and in three, there's there's more, I think. But uh, I think the effects, especially the stuff with the bees, yeah, in yeah, one that's... is pretty. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but it's just yeah. like it's the practical things, like the the whole floating, like the, that sequence where he's floating above her. Um, yeah. Because there's a seat, like that's the thing. It's a slow like unraveling of this woman as like things keep happening and she, no one believes her and everyone just, and so you get the sequence where she gets like institutionalized. She gets sent into a, a mental asylum, and it reminded me yeah. very much of a film that another sort of horror genre film that I really liked from last year. I think it was the year before, um, Invisible Man. Where it's oh, this yeah. whole people, you know, people not, you know, victim blame or just women not being believed when they say things have, have happened, yeah. people dismissing them, and that becomes a whole thing. Um, even to the point where, in that original Candyman, like they talk about the murder that has happened in the um, in Cabrini Green, and it's like, oh yeah, and she kept calling the police and she kept telling them, but they never believed her, and nothing yeah. ever happened, and then. Helen walks in there as a white woman, gets assaulted by a blow with a hook. And then suddenly yeah. there's loads of, and she says it, she literally calls it out as she's walking into this. She goes, you know what bugs me is that, you know, people get murdered. There's three different murders or whatever have happened. And all it takes is a, is a white woman to get assaulted for the police to actually do something. Yeah. And, I, and it's just a throwaway line, but it's just like, fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. Like the, the fact that they make a point of even putting that line in there shows that they are aware of the social commentary they're they're making and, yeah, do you know what I mean? Not and I just, just don't. Yeah. I think it's really underappreciated. Yeah, I do. I agree. I completely agree. Um, and then going back and uh, so from after our first watching of it, I've had it, I've sort of put it on in the background on on Netflix a couple mm. of times, and I just you sort of see all these layers to it, and it's like, yeah, this is actually really good. It's really good. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean that's that's the first one, uh, and the first one, and the the original idea for Candyman came from it was Clive Barker, wasn't it? Yeah, so Clive Barker is fairly, is pretty prolific in the way that he writes. And it's, I will say, this was one I didn't get a chance to go into, but. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> no. That's never happened before. It's literally never happened. Yeah. There's, there's written material, would be a novella or some sort of book, <laughs> and Tom hasn't read it. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm, you should be ashamed of yourself. I know. I'm really sorry. I'm really Should sorry, be. readers. Like, it, <laughs> and it is one of those ones because I was like, oh, fuck, I did really want to watch. I did really want to read that one as well. But it's, uh, yeah, it was based on it, but it was, it was, it's very loosely, very loosely based on it. And it wasn't Candyman. It was, you know, it was a manifestation of something through a mirror, but it was very much the sort of the difference between the, like the working and the upper class based in the, the British sort of societal differences that exist. So, but it's been adapted. I think more success. The, the 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 film is significantly more successful. Yeah, than... well, that's interesting. Like all that stuff we're talking about in terms of you know gentrification, the like there's slave ownership and white guilt and all that stuff do, doesn't wouldn't work as well. It could you know not saying that it doesn't couldn't work in the UK, but it doesn't work as well in no. the UK because it's just, we just the culture is different and they very much they Americanized it. But this must be one of the best examples of the Americanization of something really, mustn't it? Mm -hmm. It's really sort of changing the DNA of it in order to make it that, that much more culturally relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, then, then, they, then they made the sequels and then the sequels. So 
this is why I don't like horror films, Dom. <laughs> not that I don't, I don't like horror films. The law I'm, of diminishing returns. Yeah, on horror it's because people. this is why I'm dismissive of them. Is because they make these crap straight to DVD or straight to TV sequels that are just rubbish and just dilute the main point. I will say I thought the second one had some redeeming qualities. It's not completely like bereft of nothing. But by, by the time we get to the third one, fucking hell! Um, oh, the third one's fucking nonsense. That was awful. Um, but yeah, was it so they get into this whole um you know sequels in um whereby they basically set it in different cities. So the second one is set in New Orleans. Um yeah. and you then follow what you find out later, and this is the spoiler, but I'm spoiling the crap films, who cares? Um, yeah, no, don't go and watch fucking don't watch two and and three. Well, it's, it's this is it. one of those we watch this so you don't have to yeah. moment. So. Um so two is yeah, they get into um basically like Daniel Robitaille's family. Um yeah. I like he had a daughter as a result of this, you know, the what happened to him, this um white woman who he fell in love with. And then there's a lineage of that. So when we get down to the nine uh nineteen ninety-five or whatever it's set, it's like right now your great 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 granddaughter or whatever is yeah. the main turns out to be the main protagonist of this movie um and there's something to be said for that i think in terms of again getting into that the white guilt the trying to say like you have the the mother um character in that who's just trying to like hush it all up and like they have the whole, you know all these throwaway lines about oh that, those were the old slave quarters we weren't allowed to play there as kids and things yeah. like that is like this white white people trying to sort of hide their shame or hide their involvement yeah. in things like slavery and the, some of the atrocities that occurred and it's it's the it's the the sort of the erasure yeah of of like these historic issues and like yeah and being like just, oh and it's it's you know i mean we're obviously you know we're not we're not very happy but we don't talk about it yeah you know? we don't talk about that stuff and you're like well kind of should you know yeah, exactly. It's the it's the mother not, not wanting to talk about it, and then the, this new generation who does want to dig into it and find that again, and that kind of speaks to the way people are more, or the as generations go on, they're more socially conscious. They want to find out about their history. They want to. Yeah. But there was a there was a time there was a few you know generations worth of people who would just sweep it under the rug. So I mean that's something, but most of it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's rubbish. <laughs> I. Remember had you, so, had you never so seen little no i'd only ever seen the trailers yeah and uh but yeah i'd never actually gotten into the the whole actually sort of sitting down and watching them and yeah. uh yeah rubbish yeah pretty rubbish i mean the, yeah like i say the second one's not without its merits and there's, there's a couple of elements to it that are all right but um it's not worth it it doesn't add anything no. and like i say it by giving us more about him as a as a villain it like it it dilutes it it makes it more like it's yeah. for on one hand it's good to get more backstory but then on the other hand they do things like there's a sequence in this where again they have these whole closed room murders are happening um whereas like there's only two people in the room and then Candyman turns up and kills one of them and now you can only assume like everyone <laughs> assumes that yeah. it must be the other person which is exactly how they played it out in the in the first movie but in this one, they do it with multiple different people. So then you start, well, they can't all be losing their mind at the same time, can they? So that, no. that dilutes it. And then they go even further when there's one of the police officers is watching a video and there's video footage of a bloke just getting picked up by nothing 
and killed <laughs> by nothing. I'm like, all oh, right. Oh, so you've completely destroyed the mystery now. Then there is no, it, there is something supernatural going on. There is a Candyman. It's not just people yeah. losing their minds. Okay, all right, you fucked it. Like, you yeah. Fucked it, that, just that one shot where she goes, something weird. I'm like, right, well, the minute you show that to everybody, that just proves that he exists to it. Like, isn't, no? That that proves, that's like evidence of yeah, but then they, paranormal not... activity that can go out. To the yeah. world, but they, they just never talk about it again. She literally makes it look. I know your brother didn't kill him. Did, did you share that with anybody? And it's interesting that again, again, that, did you tell the rest of the police yeah. force? And it's again, it's interesting that that police officer is a. I think she is she Hispanic or, um, from memory, I think she's mixed race. She, yeah, she's like mixed race woman, and it's like interesting that and like, and it's always that it's the white men cops who are always dismissive of it and thinks yeah. shit. But then it's like, is the implication that no? If, again, if she was to bring that forward with that video footage, no one would believe her. Yeah, maybe that's the implication. Maybe that's something they should have covered, but they didn't. Maybe just have a scene that's like a minute long. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, you have that as a subplot. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's yeah. It's got the whole dealing with dark family history thing, but the rest of it is mm. bollocks. Um, it's interesting. Again, it's like the bit of like cultural appropriation around you know new orleans and carnival and all that shit. yeah and it's like you know the, the the white people who sort of very privileged in and like they like she gets told off and she goes into the black neighborhood and they like we don't want your help around here and there's all that element to it um so it's not without again they, they're trying to thematically link it but very loosely yeah and also it's, it comes across like really haphazard as well because yeah. they you know like it's very clear that the quality of writing is not no the same as it was or or at least the care no um because they've they seem to have had like an idea but they couldn't flesh it out properly so they just got the intern to finish it or something it yeah. comes across really sort of slapdash yeah um and then we get into the third one and the third one oh, is just fucking rubbish it's literally i said to you the other day so we we're talking it's funny actually because we we're talking about films you used to see on bbc late at night yeah this is by the time you get to the candy man three you're into the kind of films that you'd see late at night on channel five <laughs> yeah um which again it's, for the for an those, excuse to show blood and tits yeah it's just mostly tits like they're just like all it is like everything from the opening sequence like oh right is a uh, big titted blonde woman in her underwear okay yeah fine yeah and even to the point where like they, they use any excuse they can just to get a bit of tits in there it's like when they do the they do a flashback of like daniel robertide and the and the original his lover from right at yeah. the very beginning of it it's like oh there you go and there's, there's the tits it's like because it's been it's being described to the crowd at an art gallery or whatever and so then it just fades off, and it's like they're oh, they're all just having this imagined <laughs> like uh, it's just, just so uh, collective mind orgy. Yeah, it's just and it's just it's crap. It's stupid. So the idea with it is again, it does it is a direct sequel to the second one, in that this at the end of the second one, the main woman from that who finds out that she was the descendant of Daniel Robitaille and all the rest of it embraces that as being part of her family and she has a little girl um and she's like go at the end the final scene of the movie is them going through a um uh 
photo album of all their family and she's explained to her that yes this is your grandmother this is your great grandmother etc etc she goes who's that and there's a picture of daniel robotide there and she's saying this is daniel robotide he's your great great grandfather and when you're old enough i'll tell you his story as yeah. like, and that again that's that's not that's not necessarily a bad way of sort of ending this a series that would have been quite nice to go it's like right we've reclaimed yeah. his person as not this monster anymore he was a real man and I've, I've accepted him as part of my family and writing the wrongs of my mother who tried to expunge it. And was like, okay, that's cool. Mm. And then the idea is that... I mean, it does sort of address some of the issues because then it's like the, the the erasure of what he's done in sort of relation to, you know, like, okay, the means justify the end. And then yeah. how do you apply that in... Because he talked about like, you know, I will spill the blood of the... They'll say, they say I'll spill the blood of the innocent. And you're like... Well, you do like yeah. just because someone said your name five times is yeah well that's the thing that's what's interesting about him as a villain is that like how much of it is him and how like i could you could still arguably say that all the murders that happened in the first movie weren't committed by him they were committed by him yeah yeah do you know what i mean it's all just a matter of manifest yeah. and then there's yeah and i love that i love the, the whole idea of him he emerges when people stop believing in him because the idea is that if you will only do the calling saying Candyman five times in a mirror if you don't believe in it. Because otherwise, why would yeah. you? So it's this great like self-fulfilling prophecy of just like he will turn up every time someone stops believing in him, and then <laughs> yeah. you'll start believing in him again, and then it'll just, <clears throat> the cycle just repeats itself. Like, that, that's a really cool idea. Um, but yeah, like you say, they sort of they claimed him back from and, and made him a real person again at the end of the second one. And you've got this little girl there who's like, she understands who, what her family history is and the idea is that she's going to grow up like that. Then the third yeah. one turns up and the idea is that that little girl is now grown up. 25. So she's 25 because uh, this film is set in the year 2020. Um, purely yeah. just for that reason, just so that she can be 25 and just walk, run, walk around in her underwear for the vast majority of the movie. Um, yeah. I, what was the quote he said from the cops is like she's a witness she's a piece of ass is what she is yeah <laughs> yes, that's, that's the kind of, that's the level we're talking about i think if he could yeah. sum up the kind of what we, what this kind of movie is and the writing that's what we're talking about <laughs> that's exactly the sort of stuff that you deal with and you just go yeah okay yeah, yeah. no one no one's no one's no it's just no, it's no one involved in this is is very nice no it's just it's sort of exploitative doesn't add anything again it just becomes this whole thing about again they've got they've got this little nugget of an idea where it's like she's trying to protect the legacy and not having be exploited as a monster where other people are but they all just gets it all becomes very generic and stupid uh, i can't even remember how's the end third one i can't remember uh Oh, that's she, right. She has to, no, there's some whole thing where she has to destroy the good in order to destroy the bad. So she has yeah. to like destroy the painting that he originally did of. The yeah, his mother. But it's his, but it's a picture of him. There's a picture of him, like you know, like Daniel Robitaille as opposed to Candyman. But then there's also the, the the I don't know. Anyway, it's bollocks. And, so, and then, but it's the same thing they kind of did in the second one, where it's like you must destroy the mirror. <laughs> Yeah, the mirror that, there's, there's a that they showed up to him because, yeah. Who would ever love you now, boy? Yeah. Because you know, well, you've been stung to death by bees, which becomes the whole motif. Stung loads of times. Yeah. 
Although it did make me laugh in the first one when they're like, um, and they they covered him in in honey, and then the the the, and the bees were hungry, and they they then they ate him, and you're like, the bees don't eat honey. No, that's, yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the quickly like uh, getting past that in the next one. They're like, oh yeah, and then the bees got angry because they'd torn apart the hives and they'd gone to where they the the then they stung him loads. Yeah. Um. So yeah, third one's crap, and now let's talk about the new one. Yes. So the new one they've they've done a reboot remake. Um. Sequel. Sequel it is it is a sequel, and they and they yeah. really, they do explain that. Um, and it's produced by Jordan Peele, which I know really excited you and I. Uh, when yeah. we first it was one of those because Jordan Peele is one of those filmmakers who you just go, can you imagine if Jordan Peele had that? What yeah. he'd do with it, sort of thing. Um, and this is a perfect, it's like this racially tinged horror franchise. And, you know, this is Jordan Peele like, who mm-hmm. may get out. Do you know what I mean? You're like, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Do that. Like, like, there isn't really a better time no. to be able to address some of the, the 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 issues that are occurring in the world by sort of wrapping them up in this fiction and using that as like a messaging device like because it's not like it's not anything that's like capitalizing where it exploited it but what it, what it is is it's, is allowing this fictional narrative to be better understood through the lens of this yeah this horror yeah you know? Um, so I think that you know, sort of starts us down the point. So what did you think of Candyman 2021 anyway? How much, what did you think? Oh, it started really well. Yeah. It gets really, really let down in the third act. I agree, yeah. Yeah. So throughout the whole film, like the, the way that they like modified the mythology and uh, like updated it and changed it around and made it a bit more interesting. They're like, oh, you know, you know, it's mild spoilers. Like Candyman isn't always one person. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not in any definitive way, but it's it's potentially the manifestation of these terrible circumstances in which people have occurred, and then they come back in this way. Yeah, it's almost like the spirit of vengeance, but it's like the spirit of black vengeance. It's always it's always to do with yeah. black men who are you know subjugated to just absolute you know horrors unfairly. I, yeah, um, and to a point where like there's a can't there's a scene where the guy you know listing them off, and you almost feel like he's going to start dropping some real names in there. They yeah. don't go that far, you know, but they could have done the old Rodney King or something. Do you know what I mean? They could yeah, have George Floyd. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, they don't go that far, but that's the idea. And like again, that's a really interesting sort of way of inter- reinterpreting that, you know, mythos. Um yeah. and talking about what the what Candyman means as opposed to who the man himself is. I think because it, it sort of gets past that. Um yeah, I just but yeah, again, we're going to, this might have to do like spoiler territory. On yeah, I think because... we're going to have to do a spoiler tag about it, aren't we? Definitely. Um, I think I think it's really well directed. It's brilliantly acted. Um, I yeah. Think the, the main guy is uh, Yaya Mart. Oh, let me get his name right. Yaya Abdul Mateen II. Yeah, who people will recognize from a few different things. Um, like he's been in, he was in Watchmen. TV he's show. Watchmen, he's in Anchorman. 
Is he Anchorman? He's in, um, not Anchorman, uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> That's a very different film. Um, yeah, Aquaman, and he's in... Um, Baywatch. Yeah, um, and... He's in the trial of Chicago Seven um, was what I was going to say because that's when I first like because I've seen him in like I've seen him in Aquaman and a few other bits and he's like yeah he's fine he's sort of serviceable do you know what I mean he does the thing and then when yeah. I saw him in Trial of Chicago Seven I was like oh shit this guy's like something special like he's yeah. really good he's really really good and he's great in this I'm still yet to see that and I'm no you should watch it to you. you should watch it um, but yeah he's the, one of the main characters in it and then also you've got um, Tiana Paris. Yeah. Um, who everyone people will know from um, um, WandaVision. Yeah. Um, so she sort of makes the jump into the movies now. And it's, and has what's interesting as well is that this one is directed by Nia uh, DaCosta, who's going to be directing Captain Marvel 2. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's directing Captain Marvel oh, 2, amazing. which is like her going to be the Marvels with. Yeah. You know, Miss Marvel and Photon, um, Photon yeah, Marvel. it's like the whole little group of them. And she's going straight from this into that. And it's like, right, that's cool. And it's good to see, you know, obviously it's like her and Diana oh, Paris obviously have a working brilliant. relationship. Yeah. Um, so I think it's all really well done. It's all really well directed. There are some amazing scenes in it. I love, there are individual yeah. scenes that are so well done. And they, like the way they, the camera tricks they do in terms of the candy man going to get, you can only see him in the uh, reflections. You can't see him actually yeah. in the room, but when things go past a reflective surface, you see him, things like that are all done so well and so effectively, but I just feel like it doesn't quite all come together. No, it felt... just, it, there were two, there were a few different ideas jumping around, but they didn't all stick properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I really like the, the, the way that they would describe do the like the shadow puppets yes that, that's really cool yeah that's amazing and it's so it's like really effective and it's and the score is really unsettling and the way that it's brought together is really good but it doesn't i don't know like it doesn't stick the landing no it's like and it's it talks about that gentrification the idea of the, a black art um you know trying to reconcile their their past i think that there's some great little like lines and nuggets in there like i love again there's the the main sort of older man character who, who gives a lot of the exposition mm. who sort of says you know uh white people love what we make but they don't love us I yeah mean, that's a great line that's like a really like again there are all these like the sort of thesis of it and again they get into uh, this one very much talks about police and the police are framed as the bad guys and that and the, and the people you know these who commit these atrocities it's not you know they go and go back to the slave owners and the people who killed daniel robotide they talk about mm. police swarming and they they use that term the police swarmed the man and get and beat him to death and it's like yeah, yeah it was just this that you can see what they're going for and at times really effective like towards the back end there's a particular scene which we'll talk about in the spoilers, but it's very, very effective. And it's like, it reminded me again of Get Out, some of the better scenes in Get Out. Mm. I was like, oh shit. And I felt like just like the whole film should have been about that. But it's not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it did so much of the runtime. And the other thing is, it's only an hour and a half. Is it really? It's literally 90 minutes. And I just feel like there's, I genuinely feel like there could be like a director's cut or something out there mm. where some of this stuff is more fleshed out. Because it just it felt like they're dealing with so many different heavy 
things you know heavy subject matter and mm. but they don't it doesn't tie to the characters directly no it feels yeah everyone feels a little bit sort of distant from yeah what's because about, and, and like, the, yeah. there's a point when they kind of when the uh the white boyfriend makes a like a flippant comment about yeah. it because they're saying about like gentrification and this that, and the other and all this and they're like oh you know this is where we're forced out and we're told that we have to do this and we just constantly move around from project to project and he's like yeah but you yeah but now you're here and it's in this like amazing like duplex in a high rise in the center of chicago yeah this giant place with this incredible kitchen amazing views and you're like yeah he's got a bit of a point yeah i think it's it's, it's weirdly ironic because i feel like yeah you do get there's a few of these um white characters who come into it who sort of are a bit dismissive or all flippant about it the other one that's been smart to me is the um the art critic yeah because the idea in this is that the the main character anthony is an artist and he he starts again sort of going down this rabbit hole of finding out about Candyman and particularly around the really green um project which is where the first movie was all set around so this very much yeah. feels like much more of a sequel to the first movie and i would say if you if you watch the first one and want more or want to see a companion piece to it this is definitely where you should go more so than the yeah. the actual direct sequels because they're crap yeah, um they are fucking rubbish but he like yeah so you get this this uh critic but i feel like it's it's almost <sighs> I feel bad for saying this, but it's like the the filmmaker has done exactly what the um, art critic kind of criticised him of doing, which is like there are all these he's got all these like a series of pieces all around Candyman, but they're disjointed mm. and they don't re- they don't say anything cohesive. They're all just these random bits of like violence and nastiness and shit, but they don't tie in together. And like again, there, yeah. there are there are scenes in the movie that on their own are brilliant, but have nothing to do with like there's the the bathroom scene with the, at the high school, yeah. Whereas like it's just four high school girls who are like all challenge each other to just all stand in a line on the, at the mirror and do the challenge, play, you know, say the Candyman, and then yeah. you know chaos ensues. And that's a great scene. It just has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No, it's never spoken about again. Is again, and there's another one where it's like a uh, you know kid in the project, black kid. He's trying to get and talk to his sister, and you hear the sister saying, "No, we're playing a grown-ups game. It's not for you." And you see us hear her through the door start to say the name. Yeah, that really effective, scary scene, never mentioned again, or has anything to do with anything else that happens in the movie. It's like, yeah, what's going on? Like, yeah, but to, compared to the first one, particularly the first one's so laser focused around Helen mm-hmm. to a point where it's you start questioning your own point of view and you go, Right, well, I'm seeing what she's seeing, but I don't know, you only yeah. know what she knows. Whereas in the new one, they cut away and show you this other shit, and you go, Well, what does that mean then? <laughs> yeah, because and then <laughs> there are things that are happening, like again, in the first one, that it never happens. Without her there. Of, without her there. No. Which is but what then, makes but it, it so, does in this. It's what makes you second guess it and try and figure out whether it's real or not. Mm. It's because of that. So the fact that, that you know, if these things are happening, are they really happening? Or are these just again, are these 
maybe that what we're seeing is urban legends. Maybe it's going to be, you know, like, oh, I heard that, they're, you know, at a high school in um, Chicago, there's these girls, because I am the whisper in the classroom. This whole idea of it being passed around by kids is something yeah. that's been there in the, in the DNA of the franchise all the way through. They've always had kids passing the, the, you know, or being scared by it or playing a big role in keeping the legend alive sort of thing. Yeah. But again, make make it that then if you if that's what you want to talk about make it about make main all the main characters high school kids yeah because I, I genuinely thought that what they were going to do was make it like um make it like a like they were going to modernize it so it's going to be like be afraid of your phone because of like selfie cameras and be afraid of um you know, it's the, the, the hashtag Candyman challenge and like people doing it like live on TikTok and stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting. And like yeah. stuff happening on there and people are like, oh, it's just a scam. And then this guy's, yeah. But how it's like gone, like if Candyman goes viral, what, what's the effect on the world going to be if Candyman went viral sort of thing? Mm. But they didn't do that. They no. made it, they, and then, and then it just kind of, gave up the ghost a bit at the end and then was like yeah it massive made, jump into something else yeah it may i mean yeah well i think we got to talk about the the, the sort of the third act reveal and, and everything that goes on there really haven't we um yeah but yeah i will say it's like i say really well directed really well acted it's definitely it's worth sort of checking out if you like the first one or want to see more Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I was disappointed, I have to say. Um, yeah. I think my main thing is that I think I built it up in my head as a Jordan Peele film. Right. You know, I know he didn't direct it. I know he just produced it, but it's like, that's the way it was sold is that it's Jordan Peele you know, yeah. from, from producer Jordan Peele. And so I feel like that in my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be something like uh, Get Out or Us where like it stays with you. Yeah. And you think about it and puzzle over it. I think the biggest sort of issue with this one is that it was kind of forgettable. Yeah. Like well, I haven't thing, really, like, like I... we we watched it on Friday and it's now Monday. I haven't really thought about it that much over the weekend. No. Do you me know what I mean? I like that's that's what I mean. If I'd seen us on Friday, I'd still be thinking about it. Well, yeah. Get out. Like, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's the big thing that disappointed me, I think, about the whole thing. It sort of came and went, didn't it? Yeah. And like, okay, yeah, I saw it. And it was, yeah, it was like, it was what it was. Yeah. Shame. A bit disappointing. But yeah, so I think spoilie spoilums. Let's then talk about spoilers. Wrap it up. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's what we think of Candyman. Let's do spoilums. Um, so then the just the, the guy from the laundrette just goes mad yeah why <laughs> he just goes mad and then he yeah. cuts his arm off puts the hook on there right and and makes him candy man okay but does, does that mean that so when when this because there's this whole body horror element to the movie throughout the whole thing as well where he goes to investigate and he gets stung by a bee, and then he gets the, the bee sting gets worse and worse and worse until his arm is literally falling off. Yeah. And that's real. He goes to a hospital and he gets treated for it. Yeah. But how? 
Like so another one of those ones where it's like the, the lines between whether it's supernatural or not are blurred and I don't know what point they're trying to make. Like see with that one, it was like I kind of saw that a little bit along the lines of like this is is this is this infection? Is this like an untreated infection and all of this stuff is like his behavioral changes yeah, demonstrated like, I think, I think differently been... because he's got this infection that's 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 happening whilst all this weird shit's happening around him whilst he's suddenly got this like now got this like sepsis like hallucinatory sepsis and all this stuff's happening around him, you're like questioning think, it, but they never lean into that. No, they don't. I think honestly, like I think what now I've thought about it, I think what they could have done is just to, to change it up. It would have been really interesting is that it's like the infection on the arm and everything is just a metaphor for literally the, the story of candy man getting under his skin. And, but yeah. you could sort of show that as being like, it's only, only, only in his head is his arm falling off. Yeah, and you can just have a sequence where it's like he's sat there with his, you know, his girlfriend, his partner, where in the, um, in the, in one of the later scenes where he starts to lose it, and he's just scratching at his arm, and yeah. to him it looks like it's all falling apart, and then he cuts to see her point of view, and he just his arm's fine, or or anything that's any you know problems with his arm are completely self inflicted. He's doing it himself, and it's just a symbol for his insanity or his you know it getting yeah. under his skin. That would have been interesting, but they, they don't that do that. That would have they, been no. Yeah. They, they don't do that. No, they, they, go, do... they they make an explicit point of saying, no, 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 this is real. He's going to a hospital to get it sort of treated, and there's a nurse coming in and saying, Oh, it's a good thing you came. It's like, so that actually happened then. That wasn't in his head, that happened. Explain yeah. that. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because like is there are supernatural so... bees out there that sting, but like would would that have happened to anyone or would it only have happened to him? Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many questions that raises. Um, and equally, the way they tie it into the original, they don't do it properly. <laughs> no, because I I remember when we watched the we watched the new the original one. I I made a call. You know, I remember saying that. Oh, what if like the main character in the mo- in the new movie is that baby? Because there's the old idea. In yeah. The, in the first one, there's a a baby who uh, you know a black baby who is from the projects his mom's trying to raise him and he just gets kidnapped by the candy man he doesn't get killed he just gets kidnapped and then the idea is that helen has to decide whether she wants to sacrifice her life to save him which she ultimately does um and this is a very sort of big powerful emotional moment where she you know goes into this bonfire and saves this baby and in doing yeah. so you know suffers uh fatal injuries yeah but then and you I- also see within this that that's become like mythologized yeah that is, is yeah that that mythologized? was mythologized yeah that was really that that i really liked actually at the beginning of the, the whole beginning of the whole movie is the the brother telling the story of helen lyle and it's like it's the chinese whispers element of it it's like there's some truth in it and we know what the truth is because we watched the movie but yeah. he, there's like over the years of you know 20 years since or well 30 years since that actually happened now here's what the you know how the story's morphed and mutated and like become a different thing yeah that's interesting that was cool um but like they they tie they sort of tie it in and explain yes that was him now he was the baby and like I'm, i remember watching the movie where look, there's a point where the candy man has him and like he puts his finger in his mouth and it's all just like all icky and weird yeah and it's like oh fuck what's he gonna do with this baby and then you find out oh my god this is the baby from then and then it literally has zero impact on the rest of the movie 
Yeah. The fact that he Definitely. is that kid from the first movie means nothing in terms of the plot, in terms of the conclusion they come to. It makes no difference. So what was the point? <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. I, I was, that was his point. Like his, his destiny? I don't know. I don't know. Again, like you could have done something where, because there's another thing that they never, they never tell you what's happened to his dad. Yeah. He just, even in the, in the original movie, she was a single uh, woman raising that baby on her own. And that was it. There was no mention of, of the father. I think mm. what they could have done again to try, if they wanted to tie it all in together and have him be this, have Candyman be the avenging sort of angel of, you know, a bit like Django in terms of avenging racism. Yeah. They could have had it be that. They could have said, you know, my dad was literally just on his way down to the store to get formula for me when I was a baby and he got stopped by the police and there was an altercation and they shot him. He was he was yeah. unarmed and that, and that's what happened to my dad. And then now he I I found, you know, found out about that and then became the Candyman in terms of I became this avenging spirit. Yeah. That would have been interesting, but they didn't do that. No, they didn't do any of it. They just sort nope. of he just he becomes Candyman because he got bitten on by B and started going a little bit mad thinking about Candyman and started believing it was real. And then yeah. the bloke who ran the laundrette went properly mad, cut his arm off, and turned him into the Candyman. Yeah. What? <laughs> huh? Yeah, and that... I, I feel like that could have been a reshoot or something. I feel like that's just, it feels like tacked on at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't uh, actually feel like anything that it should have been it didn't there. Feel like it that's felt what like you said, like you said on the on the night, like there was that. It felt like there was like half an hour missing. Yeah. Why is it only Where... an hour and a half long? I don't get it. Yeah. Is there going to be a director's cut? That's... Maybe really good or but there doesn't seem to be any sort of controversy or conversation about it i just think people are like oh yeah it's a bit disappointing yeah but then again is that down to is that like a racial thing within hollywood maybe you know, i don't know i think you know yeah. it's black produced starring like predominantly black cast directors and then something like and this isn't to bring like a whole political debate into everything else but when you look at something like, like the Snyder cut and the the amount of momentum that got, mm. but then that's yeah, I don't know. It's just like yeah, it man, felt like I'm there trying, could have think... been a lot more to go on with it. Like, Maybe, and it's disappointing yeah. that this is what we got. Like there yeah. is this the scenes, especially at the end, like the scenes where he's he is now the Candyman, yeah, because he's been made the Candyman. Mm. But like he doesn't, he doesn't like. Yeah, and it's like you get you make your own personal Candyman by setting him up. By saying, like, "Oh, there's a woman in danger, and there's this big black guy here, and oh no, I've just watched this thing happen." So, and he knows that the police are going to go in and just shoot him, and then it happens. You know, like that is there's a part of that that's quite clever, but there's there's a lot that happens off screen in that time. Yeah, I all, even that I feel like they could have done a better job of because like the scenario they set up, and and it's like. It's almost like that was the whole point they were trying to build to is that there's going to come a point where the police break in, they see him and they just shoot him. And that's, that's the idea is that police break in, they see a black man and they shoot him without even thinking about it. Yeah. But at the same time, he was a man like 
falling apart with a giant hook on his hand and there were like eviscerated bodies everywhere and it's like and he's lying on the floor like yeah he's being lying held. on the floor if anyone like i thought originally i thought they, they had shot the woman i thought they'd shot yeah i can't remember her name, the name yeah the i thought that i, I thought, thought they'd they shot, shot her, her. she was going to be yeah the candy man but no for some reason they choose to shoot the man who's being cradled like it's a weird stupid scenario maybe that's the point they're trying to make is that even at that point shit like this still happens i mean you you know the stories of what was the name of the woman no like brianna, brianna, taylor. brianna taylor yeah where she was literally just asleep in bed and they just walked in and shot her so it's like yeah maybe if that's shot maybe, in through the doors didn't they? yeah i think maybe they could have done that but again i think it would have been interesting again if you'd done you know he's become this monster and then for whatever reason she's able to get him to come back to himself and he like his face clears and he sort of has that a, a moment of clarity where he comes back to being anthony for a second and then mm. at that moment, the police come in and he kind of, no, 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 no it's not my fault. Sort Because of, this man like mutilated, look what he's done to my hand sort of thing. Hold his hands up. They just see the hook and they just shoot him. Yeah. That would have been powerful. If it had been, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it had been him and just go, no, he's an innocent man. He was, you know, this, you know, he, he was having a mental break. And then this guy took advantage of that and did, the, did what he did to his arm. He puts his arms up in defense and he gets shot in the face. Yeah. That would have been powerful, but again, they didn't do that. He was just laying on the floor, and then they walked in and shot him. And it kind of sort of happens off camera, and you don't really. Yeah, yeah and it's it's, everything. A lot, so much of this felt like it suffered because it got forced into being a a fifteen. Maybe, yeah. But again, like having said that, though, there are moments where they use that really effectively. Like, I like, I think that one of the best kills in the whole thing is the is the art critic. Where they just you see it from outside the window and it just pans further and further away as she's getting like yeah. dragged across the window. You see the blood as <laughs> yeah. like that's pretty cool. And that is like yeah. that is out of one of those things where you, out of necessity, because you could you've only it's only so far you can take your rating, you've had to be more creative. So I think that's pretty cool. That was I will yeah, I will yeah. say, yeah, that was very clever. And similarly with like the I think, yeah, the bathroom scene with the um high school girls where they have like things where they're they're peeking underneath the um, stalls and they just see the blood pouring down out of the sink but you don't yeah. see what happens and then you see the rest of it happening through a mirror underneath that's like again that's it it instigates a bit of creativity in terms of shot selection and stuff which i think is pretty cool yeah but again that scene and it, great scene there's nothing to do with the rest of the film no nothing to do with it like again like could have been this acceleration of what they've called oh you know and he's Teenager recruit have uh, you know attempted to rate recreate what's being known as as is now being known as the Candyman challenge. Yeah, can you imagine it? Like he becomes the new Slender Man, and it becomes this whole online. Th- yeah, yeah, exactly. What happens when Candyman, as an urban legend, becomes digitized? Like, yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. That could have been a whole angle of the of the movie they could have gone down, but they just didn't. No, which is a great shame. Yeah, but yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I think it kind of wraps up really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we've talked it's, to death about the things that not, it could have been and could have done. It's, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, don't get me wrong, it's not the worst film in the world. No. Like, it's not, it's not a bad film. It's just a bit disappointing. Yeah. So I think we both had quite high expectations given the caliber of the people involved. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and maybe. You know, not not say again. I feel like it is well directed um, with um, Nia uh, Costa, but I feel like if it had been written and directed by Jordan Peele, maybe there would have been a bit more of a. It would have been more cohesive, and it would have had more of a 
stronger uh, point. Yeah, maybe. And that's, that's just based off my, you know, having watched his previous films, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Well, um, yeah. What's next then? What have we got next? Um, there's a little film coming out. Um, it's called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Never heard of it. No. Um, not a lot of people have um, because it's this is how far the Marvel uh, behemoth has got now that they can make films with called Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. which is the most like third tier character and people are beside themselves with excitement and can't wait to go and see it um, because that's just the, the power that studio has now in terms of what they're able to make um, yeah so yeah, it's Shang-Chi is the next Marvel movie. Um, it's probably is the sort of proper start of phase four, if you like. Um, although obviously we've had all the TV shows and bits and pieces that have been coming over the last year. Um, this is new character, completely new, fresh start. Um, and it's going to be out next Friday and we're going on the Friday night. Yeah, I am beyond excited for this one you are this yeah, is the are. one that i've been waiting for for years yeah like from the minute it was announced i was like this is gonna be so good i'm just super pumped for it because okay. it's because it's it's just a whole it's a whole new genre and it's a whole new culture within the marvel universe mm. like there's only so many times that... something I found on the web. sorry that's alexa time, alexa the shut up Stop, please. Stop, Alexa. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Oh Oh, dear. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get into that on Friday. Yeah, we'll talk about whole new bag for Marvel. Yes, it is. Uh, And we'll talk about all the other bits and pieces that um, are surrounding that, how it ties into the other movies. Um, all the history in the comic books and stuff is um, so we, that is very much our bag. We'll get into it next yeah. week. <laughs> um, so anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Let us know what you thought of um, any of the Candy Men's. Like I say, if you would, you're in any way interested, I'd recommend checking out the original movie on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and then maybe then going on and checking out the new one. Um, or well, if you're listening this far, then we've spoiled it. Uh, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, if you want to, if you want to dive in, dive in. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening and we will see you talk about Shang-Chi next week. See you next time. Bye. Are you going to save people? <laughs> and I was like, if, if they need it. Oh, that's brilliant. That's so, that's <laughs> he's just like, just couldn't, couldn't wrap his little head around it. <laughs> it's a tiny idiot. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, yeah, that's it from now on. And he's like, whoa, whoa, uh, what, what have you got? Really? Like, what's that? Who like, are you going to save? I'm like, whoever needs it, mate. And he's like, oh. <laughs> it reacts like an old man, like hearing something about, like, something about technology. But he's just like, oh. <laughs> Every time. It's brilliant. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Just couldn't 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 wrap his head around it. So yeah. It was fun. Excellent.